Hello, this is Jill Wigmore Welsh, and I'm recording this uh, with a specific person in mind. As with all recordings, when I do that, I don't mention the person's name. I just put it up here on the podcast site, and everybody has the opportunity to actually have a try. Now, with all of these lessons that I record, these are not meant to be medical. These are not medical treatments. My background is as a consultant physiotherapist, um, specialist in musculoskeletal problems, rehabilitation, neurological recovery, pain management, etc., etc. I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist and a psychotherapist and a coach. But whenever I record something and I put it up here, this is really specific for self-discovery and learning. Because in my experience, what I've found is that sometimes habits really become overpowering and the options and opportunities um, that we have to do things in different ways we just we just forget how to do those and gradually uh, deteriorations begin to start to set in which can be really quite depressing and upsetting because a lot of the clients that I work with who are over a certain age find that they begin to start to lose their ability to have their ability to move safely, a quality of life drops down. And um, sometimes we need to go back to some sort of foundation basics to do with the way that the human body works. And also think about the brain, uh, about plasticity, about how we create movement because of the way we habituate. And um, that sometimes the the elusive obvious is something that we just simply have completely forgotten how to do. So let me just jump in. So this particular lesson can be done in lying or in sitting. So this can either be done in sideline, in a sort of knees bent up position with knees at 90 degrees, Or it could be done sitting in a chair, any kind of chair. It could be done in a wheelchair, it could be done in an armchair. Um, But it it is a lesson that can be done in that configuration. And one thing that is important to to say at the beginning is that the lesson can can be done completely in your imagination so you don't actually have to do the movements in order to be able to fire off the neural pathways in your brain you can literally um, think through the movement activities now a caveat with that is that we know that fear has a powerful effect on the brain and the way in which we process what's happening. And sometimes when we get scared and we are worried about whether something is going to impact us, um, what can happen is we can begin to start to trigger feelings like pain. So even sometimes thinking about moving can be enough to trigger to trigger pain. So one of the things with this kind of movement work is to go extremely extremely gently extremely teeny tiny literally itsy bitsy 
slow, gentle ways to move in. Um, if lying on, let's say, right side or left side, it doesn't really matter which side um, this lesson can be done in. But if lying on a side can be uncomfortable, that has in of itself, there are many lessons to assist in being comfortable because unless we feel really supported unless our skeleton our bones are really supported our system isn't it's just not going to relax it's just going to be on a bit of constant alert so it might be that um, a rolled up um, pillow uh, or towel or a layer of lands um, a whole tube which i can put a link in the comments here um, there are some fabulous um, pillows that you can buy and you can put one of those down behind your back or get someone to do that and what can happen is that that then means you can rest on it a little bit and that means that you you can just sort of oh, let yourself go so positioning yourself on your side it might be in bed at night time it might be that um, you lie with one knee virtually over the top of the other knee and your legs just at um, 90 degrees at the knee. Now, if again, if that dropping down slightly of your hip, your knee from your hip causes discomfort, pop a foam between your knees and a, a foam that is um, a relatively high density foam. So for example, if your knee is dropping down by maybe three, four centimeters and um, it's, it's causing a slight twist, if you like, you need a bit of high density foam that you can put between your knees that's actually going to lift that leg up so that that um, femur is well supported. Um, so having a stock <laughs> of pieces of foam that you can use, when I first did this training back in 1994 and I studied it for a long time, um, we had this huge cardboard box in the, in the corner of the room that was full of every single different kind of offcut that you can imagine little pieces of like wedge shapes and round pieces and soft pieces and thick pieces and so that you could just roll them up and put a couple of rubber bands out around them and make this tube so having uh, props like that can make a massive difference to starting off a lesson feeling comfortable but as I say, first, so the first thing to do is just to actually get into whatever position you're in, in sitting or side-lying, whichever side is most comfortable, for however long you feel. And actually just to focus on, well, how could I make this more comfortable? How could it be even easier for me to just rest here so that actually I'm not really having to hold myself a little bit tense. So spend some time and think about that. And if you get stuck, raise a hand and give a shout. So the lesson that I want to focus on though is really around an area of the body that is commonly known as the rib cage. And this area is absolutely fascinating because there's a design fault and the reason that I say it's a design fault is because when the ribs form what's called an articulation, a joint, with the vertebra, 
um, they actually don't just make an articulation with one vertebra. They, they make an articulation with two, and that's all bar, if I can remember correctly without looking at my skeleton, which is behind me. I know I've got one inside, but I've got a plastic one here. The uh, top one and the bottom two. So the top one and the bottom two ribs are, are different, but the rest of the ribs form an articulation with the transverse process of one vertebra and between the body of two vertebra. Now, the reason this is important is because the muscles in between the ribs actually are the ones that we tend to tense up. If you imagine making a fist, you tense those muscles um, as a protection, as a protective feature. If something is painful or uncomfortable, you will tense those. And then by the very nature of what's happening, it actually means that you can't move this part of your thoracic spine very well. And this is critical because the thoracic spine is the holy grail of the, of the spine itself because the thoracic spine is where all that amazing rotation and side shifting and translation and slight flexions and extensions, all those subtle movements actually take place in that part of the thoracic spine. So in terms of the rest of the spine, if this area isn't, is being held, and a lot of that being held is muscular contraction, which is at an unconscious level. If, if that area is being held, what happens is the bits above and the bits below have to do a lot more work. In other words, there's a lot more twisting uh, around in the neck and in the low part of the back and the low part of the thoracic spine. And those are often the areas that people get pain, they get problems. So if what we're able to do is to actually fractionally shift, release, whatever word you want to call it, enable a very small amount of movement to be taking place in the thoracic spine and you've got 12 vertebra. So you've got a lot of potential there. If you only increased your movement by half a percent at each of those, each of the little joints. That will make an enormous difference to the amount of movement um, and therefore the amount of function and freedom that you have. Because when you reach forward with one arm and reach with the other, really you want the movement of your limbs to be coming from this part of your spine. So if you have a dog and you watch the dog trotting along, what you'll see is that the movement of the dog's legs takes place from their back and they're moving, they're wibble wobbling from side to side like a snake and a lot of that is taking place in the thoracic spine. So I actually have another recording um, that is here that I can put a link up to as well. So let's think about how it could be possible to, to make a fractional change to the way that you move or use your thoracic spine. So the key here is comfort. Because if you're feeling in any way, shape or form under a f anything that triggers fear, you're going to contract all of these muscles. So we need to start off 
actually by having an awareness that safety is absolutely key and critical. So spend time, get yourself comfortable with pillows, blankets. If you can't get yourself comfortable, then it's a good challenge, but I know how to do that. Um, so if you can't get yourself comfortable, spend some time with somebody helping you to actually get loads of pillows so you can just lie there and go, oh, oh that feels great. It's much more comfortable now. Um, and what I want you to do is to bring your attention to your breathing. Now, breathing is under voluntary and involuntary control. In other words, if I asked you to take a breath in, and just hold your breath, you could do it. You can hold your breath and you can probably feel in yourself where you're holding your breath. So just let that breath go. And, and then as you take the breath in again, I want you to really just to bring your attention to where you feel that you are making most effort. You might want to put your hands on your tummy. And as you're thinking of the breath, you might want to just be aware of whether as you take a breath in, and then you take a breath out. If as you take a breath in, you're able to actually allow that air to come right down to the bottom of your chest. So it's almost as if I've just, we've just got a little hose that's coming from your nostril. It's going all the way down, all the way down your throat. And as you, as you guide the air in, as you're taking this breath in with your hands on your belly, you are just inviting the air to bypass the top of your lungs and go straight down towards the bottom. Now, bottom of your rib cage, you have the diaphragm. And the diaphragm's like a large sink plunger. That's how I think of it. It attaches to all of the ribs at the bottom and also to the lumbar spine, a bit like, it looks a little bit like a jellyfish with one of those sort of leads that come off, right? I don't think I'm explaining this particularly well. But because of the way it attaches to the lumbar spine, if you get tensioning that takes place in the diaphragm, it impacts your digestion, your stomach, it in impacts the way that you can eat, uh, the way that you can take in your nutrition, and also it gives you a lot of pain. The thoracic spine, if you keep it tight or something's happening around there, you'll often get a lot of discomfort in between your shoulder blades. It's a funny sort of area. People who have IBS and things like this often report that they get pain in their thoracic spine. So as you're taking this breath down, what I want you to do is I want you just to put your fingers just to feel those lower ribs. So just sort of gently pressing in. If you're starting from the front, if you imagine you've got the sternum at the front there, and you're just gonna feel the edge of your rib cage. And as you take a breath in, I want you just to just to put your fingers just just on the edge of the lower part of where those ribs are at the front, not right under the sternum, but lower down. And I just want you I want you to actually just put your fingers there and almost, as you take a breath in, almost resist the air coming in, which sounds counterintuitive, 
So I'm not wanting you to actually pull the ribs apart with your fingers to try and release it. I'm actually just wanting you to breathe through your nose, down through this imaginary tube, a piece of hose pipe, all the way down to the bottom of your lungs. But as you take a breath in, I want you to consciously just hold that rib cage and not allow it to move. So not allowing that rib cage to move at the bottom. And feel how that then causes this diaphragm to shift. I just do that a couple of times. Just feel what it's like. Do, do it in your imagination if this causes any discomfort. As I say, this is not a medical treatment. And also, whatever amount of effort you'd normally put into something, I want you to cut it right down to 25%. So right down to 25%. You can even do it in your imagination and just roll over if, it, if you're listening to this so far and we've got in 16 minutes and you're thinking, oh, this is too uncomfortable. Just stop recording, come back. 16 minutes, pick it up again. So I want you just to stop yourself from moving. So stop yourself with your fingers, stop your ribcage moving. And then as you breathe out, And then as you breathe in again, this time, I want you just to match the resistance as you breathe in and those ribs down there move and just allow those ribs to move. And now you're a little bit more aware of what those ribs are doing down there. Is there any shift or change? What does it feel like now to just take that air right down to the bottom part? of your rib cage. Now this time on the out breath, I want you just to allow the out breath just to keep going for a little bit longer. So with your fingers still on the bottom part of your ribs, as you breathe out, I want you just to allow yourself just to compress very, very slightly, not a hard press, just tiny, tiny, tiny pressure as if you're just squeezing a little tiny bit more air out of your lungs. And then allow yourself just to have that little rest point, which you do after you take a breath in, you breathe out, and then there's like that nice rest. And then as you breathe in again, just feel under your fingers, feel this part of your rib cage moving. So right down there at the bottom, and that's really all I want you to do with this lesson. I just want you to be beginning to start to be more aware of the way in which you could actually access moving some of these bottom ribs a little more. And I'll explain why. Because when you begin to start to move the ribs, they're going to move apart. And what's going to happen is you're going to switch off the muscles that are in between each of the ribs. What that's going to do is it's going to give them a rest and it's going to allow you just to have that perhaps just fractional shift. You might find a fractional shift in your ability to actually take a breath in and maybe sustain. So as you take a breath in, you can breathe down to the bottom of your chest and then as you breathe out, you just have that little tiny bit longer that the air can come out. Also, 
this is going to have an effect on that very slight rotation, which I'm not going to do today because I think this is probably absolutely enough. If you've got this far through, well done. This is fantastic. So remember, you can do this in sitting. If you're sitting, you can just put one hand across, feel the ribs, and just as you take that breath in, taking the air down to the bottom, you're just going to stop those ribs moving a little bit, not slap your hands on firmly, but just stop your ribs moving a little bit so that the air actually bypasses and it makes your belly move out. It makes the air move your diaphragm down. So this is just sort of lubricating and almost stretching your diaphragm a little bit, but not because it's just doing it actively. Um, as your diaphragm moves down, it means your belly needs to be relaxed because it's a great big piece of muscle at the bottom there. And as you breathe out, you can just keep that finger there and then let the air come back in in its own time with your finger just resisting that rib just a little bit at the bottom. Then take your finger off and just feel what it feels like and do a couple of just ordinary breaths. Ordinary breaths. Just feel what it feels like to breathe there now. Now I have no idea how this is going to impact you, but I know that as I've been doing this, I can feel something shifting. If you feel comfortable, you you can do this lying on first one side and then the other side. But if you don't feel comfortable, you can actually just practice this lying on one side and feel if that makes a change. And then this is the sort of thing that you could do maybe if you're in bed at night time and you woke up and you weren't feeling particularly comfortable. Get yourself comfortable. If your mind is racing and you can't sleep, you can practice this process in the night. But as I say, it's not meant to be a medical treatment. It's just meant to be a learning experience to enable you to understand a little bit more about how you may be using yourself and your body. So I hope this is of help. And I'm going to be putting this up on my podcast site. And I'm hoping that I can get a link over and you'll be able to have a play and try doing this movement work yourself. Take care. Bye.